and welcome to uh, this episode of Irreligiosophy, the One True Podcast, uh, and the only podcast to pioneer post-mortem baptisms before the LDS Church got around to it. Yes, those sneaky <laughs> bastards are always trying to steal good ideas, and ours is a real winner. We figure we'll set up a nice vat of water out there, you bring in your dead people and start dipping them, and we'll just make soup. Yeah, we're not lazy like the Mormons. We're going to actually go out there into cemeteries dig up dead bodies, drag them over to the baptismal font, and fucking dunk them. None of this proxy yeah. shit. Yeah. We, we will shovel the ashes out of all those coffins. And we're not homo sapienists either. We'll baptize dead cats, fossil dinosaurs, and anything. Exactly. If and it was once living, fuck, you know, trilobites or fossil plants, we'll, we'll do that too. Now... The thing that really inspired us to do this was the saying that dead girls don't say no. So please send us all the female dead you have. Does that include dinosaurs? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, just a, a paper bag with a picture on the back. So. All right, yeah, this podcast will be about the LDS practice of baptism for the dead, where it came from, why they do it and uh, why they continue to do it in the face of all the controversy. Uh, well, unfortunately, we have to push off our, our Prop 8 podcast until next week because uh, we are trying a new segment, and uh, because of that, we decided to do another Mormon episode this week. Yeah, should we do this segment, or should we do the Skunk Dicks first? I believe we should do the Skunk Dicks first. Uh, these are just ripping for us. So, All right, uh, in the news again, Glenn Beck. Yeah, what a surprise. This guy sickens me every I'm time. Almost to the point where, I, you know, I feel like we should stop talking about him because it's it's kind of like a broken record and uh, <sighs> there's, there's really nothing new, but he keeps pissing me off. Yeah, his douchebaggery of walking up on Martin Luther King Day, I, I mean, the whole thing, and standing up saying that he's there for civil rights, taking it from politics and putting it back to people of faith because those of faith have been enslaved by everybody around them for hundreds of years. He wants to reclaim civil rights from politics. That's the headline, right? Yeah. So he gives a speech about reclaiming civil rights from politics. So this isn't about, you know, not about politics or anything. Uh, but, of course, Sarah Palin was there. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to hold a rally, and this isn't about religion. Now shut the fuck up and listen to the Pope. <laughs> now, I'm curious, did you actually uh, watch the video coverage of this rally? No. I started into it, and uh, I just became so irritated, I shut the thing off. Well, he says, you know, he uh, says the essence of the movement was about people of faith who believe you have an equal right to justice, uh, yeah. but not social justice. <laughs> That's communism. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's standing up. For the rights of all those religious, Christian, everybody yeah. alike. Oh. Because we as atheists keep forcing them to sit at the back of the bus. Yeah, the 10 to 15% minority has got a stranglehold on politics. I don't know how many how many atheist presidents and, and speakers of the House and, and senators and representatives that we have. It's just overwhelming. Yeah, well, I think my favorite point was that Glenn Beck actually stated back in 2009 that Barack Obama has deep-seated hatred for white people or the white culture. Oh, my fucking God, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you know, 
Here, here's Glenn Beck, multimillionaire, money coming out of his ass. Poor me, pity me. My, I am a frustrated, middle-aged white male. I've been so fucking oppressed all my goddamn life, and now Obama hates me. <laughs> Dipshit. Yeah, damn you, Obama, for being black and persecuting the white people. Now that you're in presidency, I've seen this rampant during his reign. Yeah, he says uh, something beyond imagination is happening. America today begins to turn back to God. For too long, this country has wandered in darkness. That fucking racist. Yeah. What do you For have too long, against he... dark people? <laughs> he means since we elected Obama. <laughs> <laughs> For too long, we have been under the rule of black people, and they have it's... enslaved the white man. Now it's the white man's turn. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Let's. Oh, He's talking about the founding fathers here, and he says... Um, they all said it would happen, you know. He said, if you read their speeches and their documents and their letters to each other when they founded their country, they all said it would happen if the people turned from God. So let's take them as people who knew what they were talking about. What do you say we give the whole let's turn back to God thing a try and see what happens? Yes, I agree. Let's bring back the Dark Ages where we can start persecuting anybody who doesn't believe the way you do. Glenn, fine. Let's all turn back to God. And guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing's going to fucking happen. Yeah, well, you know, the most telling thing about this whole situation is CBS News got an aerial photograph, and they estimated the attendance about seventy-eight to 96,000 people. ABC News figured it was probably about 100,000. What's your guess on what Fox and Glenn Beck were saying were there? I think they put it around 500,000. Half a million. Yeah. You're exactly right. They were standing there with straight faces trying to convince America that half a million people were there for Glenn Beck's rally. I'll believe the aerial footage over Fox and Glenn Beck any day. <laughs> well, there's nothing good on Fox that doesn't get canceled after the first season anyway. So, uh, You know, he, he does about that justice thing, too. I don't know who he's talking to there. People of faith who believe you have an equal right to justice... He's certainly not talking to gay people. Uh, except you gays. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, fuck you gays. And uh, yeah, Barack Obama, please stop giving blacks so much leeway. Uh, yeah, right. Who else can we say fuck to? Jews! Let's find right. the Jews. You definitely want to separate civil rights from politics because, you know, no politician has ever uh, advanced civil rights. Let's take this away from politics and let's just hope that people treat each other nice. <laughs> fuck all so these well regulations. The Oh, God. Yeah, fuck the one thing that is actually keeping bigots out there and <laughs> actually changed to do things. Actually responsible for any change whatsoever. You know, it's like in the fifties. You just okay, guys. Now let's um, let's desegregate. <laughs> let's integrate these <laughs> classrooms. Come on, be nice. Yeah. If anybody out there is good at making piñatas, I would love to see a piñata made of Glenn Beck and then just watch it get the shit kicked out of it. God. And literally, if you fill it with shit, that would be even better. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Some sort of chaplain and an atheist dude? Yeah, this this was my pick. This was actually sent in to us. And, and basically, it, the the title of it is A Chaplain and an Atheist Go to War. Now, most people don't know, but... Uh, chaplains are, sign, are, are assigned a protective uh, bodyguard, basically. And the bodyguard doesn't have to be religious. Now, why do they do that? If they're really chaplains, isn't God going to protect them? And if he's not going to protect them, 
shouldn't the chaplain say, fuck this protection, God's, it's in God's hands. He'll bring me home if he wants. Yeah, I'm sure World War II, where 182 chaplains were killed, are thinking the same thing. Why are we wasting valuable manpower protecting chaplains? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the funny thing about this is, the reason why they do this is chaplains are there not for their combat training, but for their spiritual guidance. And so they need to put somebody who is a sharpshooter, somebody they can count on, and so they actually have a special class for this. It's actually called the Religious Program Specialist, and uh, Philip Shute is a second class in this, so he's he's pretty high up in the ranks. And uh, the funny thing is, is I read some of the comments after this article, and one of the comments was that this atheist actually became this uh, this class because he wanted to spread his atheism and that he should be court-martialed for standing up to this chaplain. And <laughs> the great thing about it is if you read the article, Shute actually points out that he was of Canadian birth. And so all that was left to him on his choices was to become a cook or to become this uh, RP2. And so, hmm, do I want to cook for the army or do I want to actually go to war and experience what I signed up for? Hmm. Uh, yeah, he's an atheist, and uh, as a matter of fact, the chaplain didn't like the fact that he was an atheist. So oh. he he tried to get him switched for someone who was actually of his own <laughs> religious persuasion, but he was the most experienced. So Yeah, well, that, that was the funny thing, is when they got assigned together, and inevitably uh, the chaplain asked, well, what religion are you? He states he's an atheist, and the chaplain... It's actually... funny, too, he says he says um, he, he could put up with him if he was an agnostic... <laughs> <laughs> but atheist, that is over the line. That's over the line. Yeah, he actually states this. And then he goes to his upper command to find out if he's even allowed to be an atheist and to be in this class. And, and of course, the uh, He is. The there are no lines, restrictions. Yeah, they're like, there's no restrictions. He's a good fighter. Leave him be. He's just there to protect you, dipshit. He's there to protect you. And the funny thing is, is that he comes back and uh, actually tries to claim to shoot that uh, he wasn't trying to get somebody else. It's yeah, like, right. yeah, fuck you. <laughs> right. But, and the chaplain throughout this article is an absolute moron. Oh, he's God. walking around, you know, he's exactly, you know, he's he actually believes this shit. He thinks that God will protect him, or if he doesn't, then uh, he'll be happy to, you know, join God himself. He doesn't care. And yeah. that's continually pissing off this atheist whose uh, charge is to protect this total moron. Yeah, and, oh, and that's why I think he is a skunk dick. He is actually out there uh, standing up in the middle of a bridge where a known sniper nest is that they multiple, haven't been able to route yet. Multiple people have been shot right in that bridge, and he's walking around like a total dumbass. Yeah, he just kind of stops right in the middle of it looking around. You have others that will sir, or will save you, but their lives are in danger, you fucking jackass. You are the one that are putting their lives at danger, so you do whatever they tell you to. Yeah, I mean the guy, uh, <laughs> the guy had to come back out and and uh, nearly grab him right before he would actually get across the. Yeah. Got out of his own vehicle to yell at the chaplain to take cover. <laughs> He's endangering not only himself but the rest of the company. Yeah, yeah, and and, and the funniest thing is is this atheist knows his Bible just as well as this chaplain, because at one point, one of uh, the, the chaplain was giving a service, and one of the boys actually looked up and said, well, 
is it true that the Bible says you can't get any tattoos? And of course, the chaplain pipes up and says yes, and even gives the uh, the uh, actual uh, verse, everything else like that. And the atheist pipes in, uh, sorry to correct you, but that verse actually states that you shouldn't get a tattoo to uh, commemorate somebody who has died. Right. <laughs> it's a little more <laughs> narrow than this guy's interpretation. Oh, God. Uh, so he's right. just a skunk dick for endangering people. The next candidate proves beyond a shadow of a doubt, Leighton, and you and I are prophets. Oh, really? Uh, what could... What could we have possibly predicted to have happened? Was it just last week or the week before we prophesied that that uh, decision uh, would uh, about the Phelps, their protests, the military funerals, would just result in people accosting them and getting arrested for it? I think that was two weeks ago. I don't think we had a skunk dick last week. Man fires pepper spray on protesters outside Marines' funeral. Huh. What a surprise. A man in a Ford 150 pickup truck drove by, extended his arm, and sprayed with a large can, police said. The vehicle was stopped a few minutes later. Initial indications are he was probably targeting the Westboro Baptist Church protesters, said Officer Michael Pecha. That guy's a fucking genius. Promote that guy. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, probably, he probably wasn't randomly spraying pepper spray at a fucking funeral. <laughs> Most likely he was targeting these yeah. asshole protesters. I don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes I'm driving by a funeral procession and just get the urge to pull out a can of pepper spray and just hose their asses down. George Vogel, 62, who lives just north of Omaha, was booked for 16 counts of misdemeanor assault and one count of felony assault on a police officer for the pepper spray exposure, police said. He also faces one count of child neglect because his child was in the truck. <laughs> All right, dipshit. First off, if you're going to plan something like this, Leave your child at home, shit. you dipshit. That kid was probably driving the truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Train them to drive the truck. That way you can sit in the back and pop up with two pepper spray cans. So, I mean, it, it started. It's certainly um, not the end of it. And, and I believe, I believe the sole source of funding for the Westboro Baptist Church is lawsuits for over precisely this stuff. Yeah. If we just ignore them, they will eventually go away. And it's it's true. They'll it's run out of funds. Fact. It's a sad fact. We'd all like to beat the shit out of them, but it's a sad fact that we just need to leave them alone until they run out of money. All right. Well, what's your vote? Well, my vote is the chaplain. Just that dipshit is endangering our soldiers just because he wants to believe that God will protect him no matter what. Uh, I'm going with Glenn Beck. Glenn yeah, Beck and his nice. uh, reclamation of, of justice. That's true. That is a pretty good one, that he can Martin actually Luther stand King. up there with a straight face and state that the Christian nation needs to work on its civil rights. Yeah, turn back to God, because, you know, we're, we're slipping. We're only 75% Christian. Whew. Yeah. God's going to get pissed off. <laughs> that drops below 70, he's going to um, do some serious yeah. hurricaning. Yeah, God may actually destroy America at that point. <laughs> All right, uh, well, let's feed it into our ultra-modern uh, computer system here over at Irreligiosophy, paid for with beer money, and, and fueled by beer, I believe. Yes, yes, and urine, because you have to get it keep going through. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit, Ray Comfort. Has he ever won uh, Skunk Dick? No, He has no. to have. 
He has no, to no, have. No. He was in, when we were doing Atheist News Network, Ray Comfort was on quite a bit. I don't think but he's ever won skunk dick, huh? He's never won skunk dick because after the banana comment, he actually went underground. And I think he's avoiding us because we challenged him to a debate. So. <laughs> right. We'll take the 25 grand he was planning on giving to Dawkins. But he doesn't do that because it doesn't give him as much publicity because we're just a bunch of dumbasses. That's true. But we could do with uh, a little dumbass money. So... <laughs> so. Uh, this is all about you know uh, Stephen Hawking, who um, recently wrote a book, and he released uh, the introduction, I believe, which states categorically that you don't need God to create the universe. It will and can create itself from nothing spontaneously, and that's what the physics says. So Ray Comfort says Professor Stephen Hawking is, quote, unscientific. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, what I love is at the very bottom of the article, it states... According to the biography of Ray Comfort, he has no degrees or formal training in either theology <laughs> or science. <laughs> Ray Comfort uh, calling Stephen Hawking unscientific is uh... <laughs> yeah, the, the the leading British scientist is probably the leading scientist of, of our generation. Exactly. I mean, everybody uh, knows Stephen Hawking. So here's a quote. It is embarrassingly unscientific, <laughs> says Ray Comfort. Uh, banana man, Ray Comfort. Embarrassingly yes. unscientific to speak of anything creating itself from nothing. Common sense says that if something possessed the ability to create itself from nothing, then that something wasn't nothing, it was something. A very intelligent creative power of some sort. So, Ray, you're absolutely right. The whole history of science has been one... Uh, justification of our commonsensical views after another. <laughs> Your quantum mechanics, yes. uh, uh, it's amazing to me that the rube down the street didn't come up with it. It's just common sense. It's common right. sense to say that if you stick a single photon through a double slit uh, in, in a surface, that it will, over time, interfere with itself. Uh, it's well, just common see, sense. It's I, common I, sense that space contracts and time dilates the closer you get to the speed of light. I mean, that's just fucking common sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I heard my six-year-old nephew talking about that exact thing over cartoons. It's just common sense that gays shouldn't marry. <laughs> <laughs> they can't produce babies. Why? <laughs> <laughs> just common sense. Oh, for fuck's sake. Embarrassingly unscientific. I can't believe he said that with a straight face. Well, not only said it, but actually got it where a reporter recorded it. I mean, you can go ahead and say this at home, but do you really want to throw yourself out to worldwide just ridicule? Yeah, I predicted on the forum, too, that uh, once that he said, given the law of gravity, you know, something can and will create itself from nothing, uh, that immediately the argument would be, if you have a law, there has to be a lawgiver, right? Yeah. Oh and my, did he state that? Why here we go. Nor should an atheist speak of gravity as being a law, because that also denotes the axiom of a lawgiver. Laws don't happen by themselves. See, I love how he thinks that the analogy of humans making laws translates into God sitting up on his cloud going, you know what? E equals MC squared. Let's just set that down. All right, everybody, take a vote. Majority? Fantastic. All right. Fantastic. Yes, yes. The law of gravity. It's, it's <laughs> Slip not as that if into the we universe. just discovered what this force was. Well, let's and, see. And hang, on a, hang on a second. How about we make the law of gravity inversely proportional to distance? <laughs> 
And Jesus goes, no, how about it's inversely proportional to the square of distance? And the Holy Ghost goes, yeah, yeah, let's do that one. Yeah, yeah, that that one sounds more complicated. (laughs) That'll really fuck them over when they're trying to figure this out on paper. That'll fuck Kepler over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Lord. Yeah, Ray Comfort, go back to shoving a banana up your ass and leave the real science to somebody who's actually trained in it. All right, let's move on um, to our actual podcast. This is Baptism for the Dead, uh, Mormon Baptism for the Dead. Before we get into any of it, let's just go into it. Leighton has actually found a fan willing to come on and talk to us. So because all of you have been bitching and moaning in our emails about how wrong we do everything and uh, you know, basically your, your general annoyances, we've decided to give you a voice so we don't have to listen to you anymore. So now every once in a while we are going to be doing a 20-minute segment where we let you, our fans, actually hop on and speak. And uh, here to be the first one we have Jessica, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Jessica. All right, there we go. This is working That's out good. really well. All right, uh, thank you for coming on, Jessica, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and thanks for the bitching in the email. I mean, the real reason we're doing this is because Leighton's too damn lazy to come up with 20 more minutes of, worth of research. Are you kidding? This is the perfect thing. Uh, I can give Wikipedia a break for once. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you have been straining Wikipedia's uh, bandwidth recently. <laughs> so what super- do we have uh, Jessica on to discuss? Well, uh, Jessica actually wrote in concerning uh, Mormon baptisms for the dead and Mormon mental handicaps. So uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of describe what we were talking about in email? Well, growing up in church, um, I remember one day there's this girl in class, and like this is when I think I was like a beehive, and... um, She asked our teacher, she was like, well, why do we have uh, mentally challenged people? Because I think she just had, like, a sibling that was born who was mentally challenged. And um, our teacher told us that in heaven, like, when God was telling everyone about his plan, like, for someone to come down here and be crucified, um, that Lucifer actually was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it, that's cool, and then... He's like, but we shouldn't give anyone free will because then, like, we'll all be able to come back to heaven and all that. So then uh, God was like, no, we have to have free will. That's just how it has to be. And then um, I guess Jesus was like, oh, I'll do it, and, like, I'll do it the way you want it done. So then all three of them kind of, like, got into a little argument or whatever. And then um, uh, she told us that all there's like a bunch of followers that like agreed with lucifer and they're like yeah he makes sense or whatever so then he uh she told us that all the people that helped escort satan and all of his followers out of heaven are now mentally challenged because that way they can go back to heaven because god knew that uh satan would try to tempt them into doing wrong (laughs) so So they had to have people escort them out of heaven, I guess, under under armed guard. Everybody needs a bouncer, even heaven. And so uh, these guys who volunteered to be uh, the escort service... uh, (laughs) Get a free pass, apparently. uh, Just got sent down. I mean, what I heard in seminary was that these guys were so... They'd progressed so far in the pre-existence that all they needed to do was come down and get bodies 
and then they they they're done. They go to heaven. And truth be told, that's actually what I was taught growing up. Now, in my family, we actually had adopted uh, about two or three that were mentally handicapped, and that was a question that came up. In addition to Leighton. Yes, in addition children. to me. That's why I said two or three. I don't know if I am quite considered that. They, they figured since they had so much uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, this this actually came up, but... It doesn't make any sense. If, if these people were so righteous that all they needed was a body, then why not give them a normal body? Because they're so righteous, they'll just return to God anyway. They will be a shining example to the rest of us. So why make them mentally handicapped? Why wasn't Jesus uh, mentally challenged then, right? I mean, I'm sure he was pretty righteous in the preexistence. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, Jessica. Why don't you answer that? Um... I don't even know how to answer that, honestly. <laughs> See, uh, I'm leaning towards the fact that Jesus was functionally retarded. So, <laughs> so um, that's their answer. And that, too, uh, actually people who have, have other um, disabilities as well, you know, all they had to do was come and, and just get a body. It didn't matter what kind of shape the body was in or... Uh, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't have to actually undergo any tests. They just had to come obtain a physical body, and then they'd die and they'd go straight to heaven. Yeah, because God's uh, not going to curse a mentally handicapped person to hell. I love the uh, escort idea, though, because they were, you know, exposed to all this extra temptation while they're escorting Satan and his minions out of heaven that they qualified for like a, a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. See, uh, th that may be a toss-up there, because, uh, yes, you, you get to escort and get a free pass into heaven, but your one experience in life is hampered. So uh, th that's something you'd have to weigh your options on. Well, you think they got to choose? Like, um... <laughs> So you're saying God uh, just said to them, okay, thank you for, uh, for doing that unpleasant job, and slapped him in the forehead and said, you're no longer healed or something? As, a, as an enlistment bonus, I'm going to give you the ability to have no brain when you go down. Sounds Do you like, like drooling on yourself? Run, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, appreciate the ability to shit in your pants and just not be bothered by it? <laughs> have other people wipe your ass and powder it nicely <laughs> every day? Uh, I mean, that's essentially what we're talking about, right? And these people who are born and, and have absolutely no control over their mental functions, uh, these guys just live um, a, a life of blissful ignorance and then go straight to heaven. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, now, Jessica, you also uh, brought up baptisms for the dead, and I wanted you to talk about your experiences with this, because uh, you actually sounded like you had some pretty entertaining stories. Well, we were, like, in class, and once in a while, whenever we have, like, temple trips, you know how you have to, like, sign up if you want to go and then go talk to the bishop and everything? Well, see, that's a little well, different with us because they actually forced us to go. They would basically <laughs> set up an appointment with the bishop for us, and then they back. would tell our parents <laughs> about it. So we were forced to go. I love it. So apparently it's mandatory in Utah and voluntary in other states. I guess. <laughs> so you signed up for it. You have to be twelve, right, to, in order to baptize dead people. I know men yeah. do. Do you? Uh, so it is the same with girls. Yeah. So they say, "Who wants to go baptize a bunch of corpses?" Uh, 
basically. <laughs> now, did they have to drain the uh, the baptismal font uh, with you guys? Because once you get a lot of that flesh and hair flowing around, it gets a little <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, uh, all the zombies, right? And you got body parts falling off right and left for these corpses. I mean, basically what you do is you go and you stand in place of some dead person. Hopefully the more offensive dead person, the better, like Adolf Hitler or <laughs> Genghis Khan. Obama. Um, oh, <laughs> Obama's mother. Um, and you get, you get baptized for them. Uh, you get dunked underneath the water, and then you brought back up. Uh, and, and that gives them the choice to receive the gospel in the afterlife or something like that? Is that what's going on? Yeah, you need to be baptized to get into heaven, therefore this is the gateway. Now, now, Jessica, why did you sign up for this? Um. Well, my mom, she was like, oh, I heard about the temple trip. Are you going to go? And I didn't really want to go because I thought <laughs> it was a little weird. And uh, But some of my friends were going, and they're like, oh, it's going to be so awesome. You should just come on. Like, well, we're going to have so much fun on the way. And, like, the closest <laughs> temple from Indiana is, like, in Louisville, I think. So oh it was God. like a, yeah, so we had to drive all the way there, and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll go. Like, I've never done it before, so we, like, wake up really early, and we all meet at the high school, and then, like, the whole way we just sang hymns. It was it was so annoying, and, like... Wait, that was so what the they whole... considered fun? You should beat your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's... That's what they think it's fun, just singing hymns for like three hours. Right. There's not enough my ears off. Not enough hymn singing already in church. You gotta do it <laughs> on the bus. While you drive out of state, right? I mean you're driving yeah. cross state lines here. Yeah. Oh horrible. So do you, when you get there, do, is it just one person or do they dunk you like thirty times? Um, I think well we all went like we all took a turn doing it and then we would, like, go back in line and do it. So I think I actually did, like, two or three that day. So it's like a ride at Disneyland. You, you get dunked, and then you go back in and do it all yeah. over again. No, I'm, I'm curious. Do they uh, out there, I guess it was Louisville, you said, uh, do they still have the baptismal font with the, the ox underneath it so the, the font is actually on top of the ox? Um, I don't think they did. I don't remember. That was a while ago, but I don't remember seeing that. Did you go up some stairs and then back into like this little swimming pool type thing? Um, I remember we, I don't remember stairs, but I remember like going in a room and it was just like a big white room and then there was like a changing room where we all got changed in and like, and we just walked out and it was like right there. Interesting. And so how old were you at this time? Uh, probably like 12 or 13. You're 12, 13, dressed all in white. And there's some old dude baptizing you. Yeah. That's a little creepy. Yes. Well, I, I don't know if the uh, the dress is the same, but uh, it was kind of a good thing and a bad thing because the clothes uh, we wore when I went and did baptisms for the dead were slightly see-through once they dunked you. Right. And so Leighton would always complain that it was shrinkage, but really there was no difference. Well, actually, I was complaining there just wasn't enough wrinkly ass for me to stare at. <laughs> Right, because old people never do it. It's really the domain of young people, right, getting baptized over and over again. Exactly. Where's the wrinkles? 
Could we dip you, young people in water till their butt wrinkles or something? Jessica, do you remember any names? Were you baptized just for women, or did, were you baptized for women and men? Um, I remember one of them was a girl. I don't remember the other one. I just remember that one of the baptisms was, like, for a girl. I wonder if, if you can baptize Leighton for, for a person of the opposite sex. Does it matter since you're being proxied anyway? Well, that's an interesting thought. I, I've never actually considered that, and I'm thinking back to uh, when I did it, and I'm pretty sure they were all just male names that they did with me. So not only do you have to stand in proxy, but you got to have all the functional parts of the person you are being baptized for. I wonder if they check the parts to make sure. <laughs> yep, that's a penis. All right. <laughs> so what exactly was, was your reaction to this? Because, uh, Jessica, you had to drive across state lines, listening to hymns. Then you had to sit quietly in this temple until they dunked you in water, and then they usher you all out and talk about how spiritual it all was. What well, was your reaction? All before we get to your reaction, what was your background? Were you a convert to the church? Were you raised in the church? Parents Mormon? What, what was your background? Um, well, my parents were both uh, Catholic because they my parents are from Brazil. So they Wars both were Catholic. <laughs> They uh, both grew up Catholic, and then, like, missionaries came to their house, and my uh, dad's older brother, they became Mormon, and, like, uh, one of his older brothers, I guess, used to, like, smoke a lot and, like, get drunk, and he had really long hair, and so once he started going to church, he, like, cut it off, or cut his hair all off, and, like, stopped smoking and all this stuff, so my dad was like, wow, so then he became Mormon, and then <laughs> my mom... Uh, missionaries went to their house, and she became Mormon. I think she was eight or nine, and they both got baptized. And uh, my dad served a mission. My mom moved to America. And uh, then I grew up in the church, was baptized when I was eight. Wow. So so this wasn't altogether alien to you, but it's probably was this the first time you did it? Yeah. How so many what, times have you been baptized for the dead? I mean, how many times have you gone? Uh, I think I went one more time after that. You are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> so what was your reaction to it when it all was said and done? Um, I don't know. I was, every, okay, like, during the, when everyone was doing the, uh, baptisms and we were, like, waiting to take our turn, I was just kind of, like, standing there and, like, my friend, uh, she was, like, talking about how she was going to be able to feel the spirit so much and, this is so righteous of us to do, and I was just like, what the hell, like, what? And then I didn't, I just thought the whole thing was weird, like, everyone's dressed in white, and, like, everyone, I don't know, I just thought the whole thing was completely weird, and it kind of freaked me out, like, watching it being done, and then, like, it was my turn, so I went in there, and then they dunked me, and, like, I got out of the water, and then I was just like, that wasn't uplifting for me at all like I didn't I don't know I didn't really like care about it or feel the spirit and then after that when we we're all talking about it on the way home everyone was like oh I felt the spirit so much blah 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 and like I remember one girl was like crying talking about how much she felt the spirit and I was just like what the fuck is everyone talking about like, <laughs> well, obviously you were violated by the spirit like everybody else there, there was no burning in your bosom no Either one. Any other portions of your body that were... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Unbelievable. Um, so they just, they, uh, man, this is so bizarre. You just hop in this little baptismal font, they baptize you, you go to the end of the line, and then they work through it again. That doesn't seem very spiritual to me, but whatever. Uh, Jessica, I, I mean, how did you react, actually, to the drive home? I mean, if you're looking at this, just thinking in your head, what the fuck, where is all this craziness coming from? I, I can't imagine the agony of driving back across state lines with these people and did they continue singing hymns um (laughs) yeah they actually did they were they actually uh sang more like spiritual hymns i guess and uh at that point i was just like whatever i'm going to sleep so i actually fell asleep on the way home (laughs) i'm surprised you could refrain from grabbing the steering wheel and just killing them all Sleep seems better. That was a good call. <laughs> I don't know how she could sleep. Did she have earplugs is my question. Uh, my, uh, I'm wondering if, uh, are you still a member of the church? Um, I don't know, basically. <laughs> like, well, I don't ever go, but I haven't actually been like, I haven't like asked them to take my name off the list or whatever. But I haven't gone to church in, like, three years. I actually stopped going when I was, like, 16 or 17. And I just, I never go to church. And my mom's always like, why don't you come to church with us? And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, in that case, you're still a member of the church. I mean, uh, they have stipulations. We did a podcast on it. And unless you are actively trying to destroy the church, they, uh, they kind of leave you be. But even that's a little bit loose because here I am actively doing my best to discredit the church, and I'm still a member. So, yeah, you have to you have to actively take yourself off the rolls, and it's a big pain in the ass. And it seems to me not really worth the time. Even if I was a member of the church, I probably wouldn't really bother. That's because you're lazy. I'm right. Correct. Absolutely true. I got enough to do. Well, uh, Jessica, is there anything else you would like to add? Um. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. So when are you submitting your papers to go on a mission? Um, never. <laughs> well, let's see. She uh, she stopped when she was 16. It's been three or four years. That means she's got until uh, she's 21 when she can go. Uh, I'll, I'll be getting in touch with your bishop to make sure he gets out all the proper paperwork. <laughs> all right. Uh, your one out is if you get married before then. Then you don't have to go. Yeah, so you better start working on that, because I'm serious. I'm contacting your bishop. <laughs> you see how dangerous it is to enter into an email discussion with Leighton? <laughs> I, I didn't show her any pictures of my penis, so that's uh, better than Yet. the last one. So Yet. Yet, that's true. Well, that depends on if she continues emailing. So You better hope she's 18, Leighton. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever stopped me before? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm heavily editing this. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> All right, well, I would I would like to thank you for coming on, Jessica. It was nice having you, and uh, we hope it was as good for you as it was for us. It was. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for being on. We might have you back to discuss some experiences of uh, Mormonism outside of Utah. I think that might be interesting. Don't you think, Layton? Yeah, yeah. You growing uh, up Mormon outside of Utah. 
Uh, you've got a, right. a different perspective. Mormons in Utah are just crack crazy. So. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks again, Jessica. Yep. All right. So that was Jessica, uh, who had some interesting experiences with uh, the Mormon baptism for the dead. Very, uh, very strange. Very strange. And, and hopefully my urges towards pedophilia doesn't chase her away in case we do decide to talk to her later on. Yeah, um, actually, we should probably put that as a warning. You know how they have cigarette box warning labels? Maybe that should be my next tattoo. We should put that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> warning. If you're sensitive to jokes about pedophilia, necrophilia, racism. Blacks, um, Jews. Um... <laughs> mentally challenged. Uh, that that would be a really long be a long one. box. <laughs> be a long box. Uh, anyway, baptism for the dead. Um, this is something that's kind of taken for granted uh, by all Mormons as just something they do when they turn twelve, right? The idea basically um, is that everyone needs to be baptized, and in order to get into heaven, you need to be baptized. And there are a whole bunch of dead people who haven't been baptized, so we need to baptize everybody. Yeah, now, now, the idea behind this is, uh, Charlie and I have talked about the three levels of heaven and, of course, outer, outer darkness. Um, but the idea behind this is when you die, you actually go to spirit prison, where you sit inside prison because you haven't been baptized, so you can't get up to heaven, and they teach you. They, the, the missionaries up in heaven actually come, teach you the gospel, and so it's kind of like sitting in limbo. So you have to kind of just sit there and wait for somebody to be baptized in your name so you can move up to heaven. Yeah, it's, um, this is actually, if you ask Mormons about it, they will pull a scripture out of their ass to justify it. And that is 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty nine. Yeah. Um, Paul uh, is writing a letter to the church in Corinth, and he says, Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead not rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? And they say, well, clearly, they should be baptized for the dead. <laughs> well, see, and, and it's the, right there. The and actually, aspect is that... Did you that know the, that the levels of heaven were also based on Paul? I did not. That's very uh, interesting. Yeah, Paul has a scripture, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. <laughs> oh, I can see that. Yeah. Well, actually, the comment I was going to make is, uh, before preparing for this podcast, I had no idea that early Christians before the 4th century actually, well, some of them, actually practiced baptisms for the dead. I thought this was something the Mormons had made up. Well, remember, the Marcionites, which are the ones um, who are most commonly associated with this in early Christianity, the Marcionites were based essentially on Paul's teaching. And so they will take stuff like this and say, well, if Paul mentioned it, then apparently we should be doing it. Apparently it's important. So yeah, let's start dipping dead bodies. And, and the, the rest of the rest of Christianity said you've you've totally misconstruing that scripture. Yeah. And let's see who won. Uh, the larger faction. <laughs> right. Marcion was you know excommunicated, and uh, eventually they were all stomped out. But um, but they did for a time. They would baptize for the dead. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing about it is, uh, in some cases, they actually believed that uh, that the soul of the person you were being baptized for would actually enter your body. 
What? What'd you say? The soul. Yeah, according to the Reformed Old Apostolic Church, when you baptize for the dead, uh, you aren't doing it by proxy. The, uh, the actual deceased person climbs into your body and resides with you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that explains schizo- or multiple personality disorder. <laughs> Obviously, they are not baptizing enough since that disorder isn't as prevalent as it should be. So, unbeknownst to Jessica, she has like two or three other ladies in there with her. <laughs> Possibly a couple of men in her case. <laughs> so, um, the, the uh, Orthodox Church interpreted this a whole lot differently than Marcion did. Basically, there are a couple different tacks. One is that he's talking about the resurrection there. And he's talking about a group that's baptizing for the dead, meaning that when you die, you'll become resurrected, right? If you if you don't get baptized, you won't get resurrected. Yeah, pretty much. So he's, he's saying, you know, why are you baptizing for the dead then? And he's saying this group who believes in baptism but not resurrection is being kind of self-contradictory. Uh, another um, is that the actual Greek is uh, hooper or hyper, which can also mean above or in the hope of. And so instead of baptized for the dead, it would be baptized in hope of the dead. And again, you're looking forward to a future resurrection. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, uh, he's talking to the Corinthians, the church in Corinth, and he refi- he refers to them as we, right? All throughout 1 Corinthians, except in this case. And then he says, else why do they baptize for the dead? So he's talking about someone who's not in Corinth. He's talking about in the Corinthian church. He's talking about another group, maybe a splinter group, maybe a heretical group. He doesn't actually say whether he approves of this baptism for the dead or not. He uh, just says, why, you know, uh, why are they doing it, if not for the resurrection? And once again, this just goes to prove that religion out there cherry-picks what they want to believe without actually looking into the, the rest of the verses around it. Well, right, you can tell what happened here. Joseph Smith's reading the Bible, or Signe Rigdon, or, or Oliver Cowdery, whoever's feeding him theology. Yeah. And he comes across this thing and he goes, baptized for the dead? Huh, what the, what the hell does that mean? Wait a minute. The dead. That makes sense. Everybody must go to heaven and they must go. be baptized. Ding, ding, ding. New revelation. Straight <laughs> from God. Now, one of the things, I, I, I brought it up with Jessica, and, and one of the things uh, that I brought up was the oxen, how they have the baptismal font on the backs of seven oxen, I believe. Yeah, have you, and, seen, have you seen the pictures of these things? Uh, I haven't seen the pictures. I just I'm, I'm going off of memory. It's not actually on the back. It's like sitting right on their ass. <laughs> so they're shitting into the font, is what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you pull up the the picture of this stuff, um, the twelve oxen, they're symbolic of the twelve tribes of Israel. Oh, they're uh, you 12. can okay. you can see along the entire length of the back, and then the baptismal font is resting on their asses. <laughs> it's awesome. God has been an ass man since the beginning of time, so... Yeah, even oxen ass. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I just found that very fascinating, that, that that would be in the baptismal font. And it's really one of the first things you see, because, I mean, these oxen are life-size. Right, they're huge. Um, the, the whole thing looks really gaudy and quite tacky, actually, but 
a well, life-size golden plated probably ox and yeah they're golden plated and that's the funny thing because the LDS church is constantly putting down Catholicism and these other churches out there due to the gaudiness they use in their ceremonies oh yeah and this is tacky as hell you should you look up pictures of it on the internet anyway Joseph Smith's giving a talk at a funeral and and he introduces this somewhere between like 1836 and 1840 and uh, then he has some revelations actually <laughs> <laughs> These revelations occur. I was looking up an LDS.org lesson on baptism for the dead. Hmm. Uh, let me let me read this to you. All right, all right. Here, here's an attention activity to get the kids' um, attention. Oh God! Um, give a child a comb. Ask the child to comb his or her hair without bending his or her arms at the elbows. Ask the child, why can't you comb your hair? And then ask all the children. If we were not able to bend our elbows, how would our hair get combed? <laughs> the answer is someone else would have care. <laughs> someone else would have to comb it for us. So if these dead people, uh, and why the fuck are you talking to kids about this anyway? <laughs> oh, Honestly, all these dead though, people. I had this teaching as a kid. I remember this. Oh, I'm sure it's right here, right online. Uh, all these dead people haven't had the chance of being baptized. And then my first question is. Well, what a incompetent douchebag God is. He sends them down their one chance to be baptized, you know, on this earth. Because the whole thing is, you have to be done with a body, right? So after you die and you're yeah. separated from your body, you can't do it. Yeah, so, there's no spiritual baptisms going on up there because you cannot be fully immersed in the water. Right. So all these people living in all these different countries, living, dying, without ever hearing of Jesus... You know, can you imagine, in the pre-existence, you get kicked down, you're like, you wake up, you're there in India, you believe in all these Hindu gods, you don't even hear about Jesus, you die, you get back up to heaven, you're like, fuck! <laughs> 80 fuck fucking now? years! <laughs> 80 fucking years you had! Just yeah, ate well, something! Well, here's a question for you. So you remember how I pointed out that, that spiritual prison, that, that these souls are just kind of waiting there uh, yeah. to receive salvation. Apparently all, question, all the... Hindu and, and Muslim and pagan souls are all yeah. waiting up there. They're all there. And, and my well, everybody question, but the Mormons, right? Mormons don't accept anyone else's baptism. No, they do That's not. That's a whole shitload of people. Christian, or uh, Catholics, they don't accept anybody. And my question to my dad when I was a kid was, well, if these people are sitting in this in this basically jail, what happens if their names were lost in time? And my dad's answer to that was, that uh, when Jesus came down in his second coming, he would have the books of life with all the names of everybody who needed to be baptized, and then there would just be one long procession of baptisms to get these people out of prison. Yeah, my my answer for that same question was, that's what the millennium is for. When Christ comes again, it'll take a thousand years to baptize every fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> What a waste of goddamn time. Yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> a thousand years of people going, okay, I can't take it anymore. Don't dunk me. I can't breathe. <laughs> Jesus. And then why do you have to do all the work? You know, it's, it's dependent upon paper records, essentially, which could be wrong. Uh, and so you, you might be wasting your time anyway. Why don't you just wait until the millennium? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, another interesting question I asked my dad was, uh, well, what happens? If if somebody doesn't want to be baptized and and they're up in heaven, 
And my dad just kind of looked at me, smiled, and says, God won't force you. You don't have to accept it. And, of course, my thought was, well, if God's sitting in front of you and you refuse his baptism, you are the biggest idiot in the universe. Right, right. So the question is, was this really Joseph Smith's idea? Well, it turns out that uh, baptism for the dead, uh, there's a, a precedent for it in the 1700s. Uh, there's a book written in 1945 about this frontiersman, um, and it says, uh, this is Conrad Weiser, a friend of colonists and Mohawk, uh, 1945 book, where Paul Wallace gives an account of 18th century frontiersman Conrad Weiser's experience. Out of the brain of Emmanuel Eckering, there sprang that same year, 1738, the ingenious concept of baptism for the dead. Persons who had died without the grace of total immersion might yet be saved if they were baptized by proxy. Peter Miller, who never lost his head amid all these insinuating numeries, no idea what that means, was against it. <laughs> but Conrad Beisel, leader of the Seventh-day Baptists, ready as always to follow a religious will-o'-the-wisp, set his seal upon it. Um, Emmanuel Eckerling was the first to receive baptism in this kind. Uh, in the pool of the Cocolico, under Beisel's hands, he was immersed on behalf of his departed mother. The principle, once accepted, the thing became popular, and the next world must soon have been swarming with souls so astonished to find themselves sainted by Cocolico <laughs> immersion in absentia. Awesome. I, I, I love that statement, because here you have all these people in hell being stabbed by pitchforks and burning, and suddenly someone gets baptized, and they're sitting there going, what the fuck, who turned down the heat? I'm in heaven. They, they start floating up. Oh, thank God. All of a sudden you Someone see Saint down there going, me. shit, get an anchor, quick, they're floating away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So it may not even have been Joseph Smith's idea. Well, uh, to this point, with the precedent. research we've done, I'm, I'm finding out more and more that Joseph Smith was just a charismatic puppet. Well, sure, yeah, that, that may be. His main purpose may well have been uh, to be charismatic. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, well, we'll get into that later uh, concerning the true authorship of the Book of Mormon, but the more I see of it, Joseph Smith was just a puppet. Yeah, um, interestingly enough as well, he's not even uh, a consistent puppet because, A, the Book of Mormon says nothing about baptism for the dead. If this was a true principle, why aren't the people in the Book of Mormon times doing it? Why was there never any mention of that? That's actually a very good point, because here was the restoration of God's gospel. So you would think something this important, and trust me, in in the world of Mormons, this is one of the most important things a young man, woman, and even adults can do. Not only does it not mention it, it contradicts it. In Alma 34, uh, verses 35 to 36... It reads, For behold, if ye have procrastinated the day of your repentance, even until death, behold, you have become subjected to the spirit of the devil, and he does seal you his. Therefore the spirit of the Lord has withdrawn from you, and hath no place in you. The power of the devil is over you, and this is the final state of the wicked. That doesn't allow for any change after that. It doesn't allow for any baptism. No, no, and you're absolutely right. It is inconsistent, but once again, religious people cherry-pick. Right, and so even Mormons have to kind of ignore their own Book of Mormon when they do this sort of baptism for the dead. Ridiculous garbage. <laughs> yeah, now, it's kind of interesting uh, where baptism for the dead is shoved upon young people. As I was uh, pointing out in our little guest interview, 
I was forced to go. Basically, uh, the teachers got up. They said, okay, we're running down for a baptism of the dead. Uh, who wants to go? And a couple people raised his hands, and he basically says, look, this is so important that we're all going to go. And they said, we were in Utah, which means the temple was a 10-minute drive away, and they set us up for like 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning baptisms. And so we all had to get up bright, fresh, and early. We were all forced to go, and the the most vivid memory I have is once we got there, there were so many other people waiting in line to be baptized for the dead that we were sat in these little pews while we waited, and I sat next to a guy who had a tattoo, and we talked about his tattoo the entire time. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> well, there has been uh, criticism about this practice, uh, specifically um, very uh, vocal criticism over the Mormon practice of baptizing dead Jews who were killed in the Holocaust, specifically yeah. because they were Jewish. They were targeted in you know the 30s and 40s, placed in concentration camps, and murdered specifically because they were Jewish. And so what do the Mormons do? Oh, hey, why don't you... <laughs> Why don't you join the Mormon Church? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you? We save you because, after all, you, you people did kill Jesus, but we can save you. You were murdered because you were Jewish, but we're gonna let you out of this now. You can become Mormon. Here's your chance. Yeah, and and I love I love it when everybody got all sorts of upset, and then the LDS Church just says, "Well, they don't have to accept it." That's actually a good point. Um, uh, you know, I was all ready to get all irate about that when this was going down in the 90s. <laughs> I think the church agreed to stop doing it in 1995. But then I thought, what the fuck? If it was real, then these people should be grateful, right, that they're given a chance to get into Mormon heaven. If it's not real, then it has no efficacy whatsoever. What the fuck? <laughs> people are just being dipped and their names being said. And th this is actually how the prayer goes. I mean, uh, we touched on it. Basically... When it's your turn, you climb up. There's some old guy standing in the font, and uh, there's a, a little servant standing next to him. You climb in. You grab your nose, everything else like that, and this guy starts praying the baptismal prayer. And then at the right moment, this guy, uh, the servant, reads off the next name. He inserts it into the prayer, and then he dunks you. Now, my experience was a little different. I didn't have to get out of the font and circle back around. They just kept dunking me. They dunked me like 15 times before nice. they finally said, okay, let's let the next one up. But that is how it's run. So it's essentially an uh, assembly uh, line. Assembly Fucking line. assembly line. Fact, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, and that's why you have these church office buildings downtown Salt Lake. That's what they do. They sit in there and they work on genealogy all day. What a gigantic massive, humongous waste of time. Yeah. Absolute Just, waste of time. That, that's, that's, I think, the worst that you could say. Insensitive, yes, because uh, these Jews were killed specifically because they were Jews and you're trying to change their religion posthumously. Insensitive, sure. Uh, but to me, it seems like I can't get too worked up about it because if someone were to do that, to, say I was killed because I was an atheist. Um, I was murdered. I was martyred. I was the first atheist martyr. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Some terrorist comes and blows me up specifically because I'm a martyr. And then my wife baptizes me into the Mormon church after I'm dead, which I fully expect her to do. Big fucking deal. I don't well, care. Well, they you baptize me before I'm dead. 
They so long have, as I don't have to be there. <laughs> they do have a right to be a little bit upset because if you follow the the LDS mindset, then for those they couldn't get to, they will be baptized in the millennium if they so choose. So with that being the case, what the LDS people should do is stay within their own roots and leave the rest of these people alone. And then when the second coming comes, then they can start baptizing the shit out of people. That that is essentially what they agreed to do in 1995. They agreed to uh, stop baptizing people who weren't related to the person, and uh, a and b remove the names of Holocaust victims uh, from the church's database of potential baptizees. And if you can get angry at them for anything, um, it's that they're a very slow moving. Um, they don't really. You know, it's like dragging they their heels. Their feet. Okay, I guess I'll remove some names. Fine, I'll go to my <laughs> room now. And they've, they've, they may have hired like one little old lady. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. To go through, yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is uh, my dad. Uh, uh, but I, I, B, you know, they've continued to do it. Um, and to, yeah. to the point that I think a couple of years ago, uh, that these Jewish groups uh, just fed up. They said, that's it. We're not talking to you assholes anymore. You're total hypocrites. You've agreed a couple times to do it. You still haven't done it. You guys are just assholes. And I think that charge sticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're absolutely right. Now, what I was going to bring up about my dad is uh, I just remembered another side issue. See, we just talked about the office buildings down in downtown Salt Lake where they sit and they work on this genealogy. My dad actually volunteers to receive these little microfilm uh, rolls, and these are taken from uh, early uh, doctors' rolls from different countries. And my dad has actually taught himself how to translate names off of these doctors' rolls, and then he fills this stuff out. I mean, we're talking thousands of names a month. He fills this stuff out, and then he sends it into the uh, the temple for baptisms for the dead. Nice. Yeah. So Very the, nice. Those are the ways that the LDS Church is actually getting these things. Nice. Very nice. Um, and I doubt that, you know, there's no way the Mormons are going to go in there, grab a bunch of their genealogy, and then, you know, go in. The, these are 12-year-old kids. They go in, there's a list of fucking names for them, and they get dunked for them. That's what happens. Yeah, basically, th this is set up for the youth to be a spiritual building block. Some adults do do it, but it's mostly set up for the youth and to bring them into their first experience of the temple. Yeah, it gives them the taste of the temple. It looks all glittery and gold, and, and they're hoping that these kids will come back with a massive spiritual experience and then be sold on the church for the rest of their life, right? So it's kind of your first door into the, your first footstep into the temple. Yeah, that, that didn't work out so well for me because I'm sitting there with this guy with tattoos and I'm like, hey, I didn't think you could get tattoos in the church. And the guy <laughs> just kind of laughed, shrugged his shoulders and says, well, it, it's looked down on, but you can get away with it. Hence Leighton's uh, journey into getting himself completely covered by tattoos, like that guy from Prison Break. <laughs> I've never actually seen Prison Break, but I'll <laughs> just not. <laughs> so uh, another thing. <laughs> Another issue, I don't know. Did you remember this during the Obama campaign that they the Mormons baptized uh, his mother? <laughs> yes, I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it occurred June 4th, 2008. 
some I'm sure well-meaning uh, idiot BYU moron went in there and uh, baptized, got baptized by proxy for Obama's mother. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, so just in case Obama's mom uh, accepts Mormonism in the afterlife, uh, she's got her work done for. Her. Yeah, maybe what what will happen? This is probably the thinking. Maybe what will happen is after she's accepted Mormonism, she'll haunt Obama until he converts. <laughs> you know, clearly people, these people, I'm sure was this person in 2008 remember 13 years after they agreed to change the policy i'm sure this person was not related to obama living in fucking provo utah yeah yeah bullshit see that that's the problem is the lds church is sitting here agreeing to these terms and yet they are not doing anything yep. to place stipulations on the names they get right these names are turned in by just random people they're turned in by people like my dad and they're turned in by the church offices down there Right. There is. They have no line in place to even go through any of these names. Now, to be fair, there are two uh, very common but undeserved criticisms of uh, this practice by the Mormons. One is that uh, it forcibly converts these spirits in the afterlife, right? <laughs> they get pissed off because somehow these Mormons are making all these Jews Mormons. <laughs> they're baptized <laughs> and now, shit, they're all Mormons. Damn it. <laughs> Not even the doctrine says that. The doctrine essentially says uh, we're baptizing just in case they convert of their own free will to Mormonism in the afterlife. Well, and, and once again, it comes from misunderstanding, but can you really blame the criticizers considering the LDS Church with anything to do with the temple? They try to hide it as best they can, and, you know, it's sacred. That's, they don't bring it up. That is true. The LDS Church kind of invites that scrutiny because it's not a transparent process. That's, that's yeah. totally true. The second criticism is that uh, this inflates uh, the Mormon roles, right? Their membership yeah. gets inflated by this, but they don't count this toward their membership. They count every fucking other thing, but yeah. they don't count this. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, once again, that, that probably stems from the fact that, that the LDS Church hides things. Uh, but I agree. That uh, that one's a little wavy. Interestingly enough, getting back to the church's change in in policy, uh, I believe, and this is secondhand, so I'm not sure um, the truth of this, but I think the most baptized person in the church is Elvis. I have heard that before. He's been <laughs> vicariously, he's been baptized for the dead like tens of thousands of times. <laughs> Yeah, and and if that is true, that just goes to show that there are no stipulations because anybody can put a name in there. Right, right, I'm sure. All right, um, any closing thoughts on this stupid practice of the Mormons? Uh, nothing more than please do not force your children to do it. It's already bad enough if they decide to go on it like that poor girl did, but don't force your children to go baptize for the dead. It really, really, truly is a huge waste of time, and it's uh, monumentally stupid. Even the, the idea itself is stupid. If God can't get these people baptized in their own fucking lifetime, then God can fucking baptize himself. <laughs> and see, that makes sense. It, this is our, our one chance here on the world. Either God should make it so we can get baptized in our lifetime, or he should have it to where... We're up in heaven, and we're like, oh, by the way, I want out of prison. Dip me. Yeah, or he does the work. 
Because he fucking wasted 80 years while this person was on Earth. Instead, he likes to sit up there and let his church members take the flack for doing what they believe to be right. I wonder what happened to all the kids who died in the flood. (laughs) (laughs) That would also suck. All right, I'm just about to flood the Earth. Any volunteers are going down? (laughs) Me, 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 me. I'll go down. Does that mean I don't have to, uh, you know, take a chance to go to hell? <laughs> yes, it does. Send me, send me. Send me. Well, we got to all... baptize all those kids. No, no, actually you do not. Oh, they it go is, straight to heaven. It is believed by the LDS Church that right. you are not of the age of accountability until you are eight years old. So if you die before eight, that's a free ticket into heaven. But you're old enough to be murdered by asphyxiation from a loving, merciful God. Yes, Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? All right, next week, Proposition 8 podcast. Yep, we'll get right on that research. It's actually going to be a great podcast, so stick around. Cannot wait. See you then.